welcome to episode three of Superstates, Practices of Transformation, with me, your host, Joshua Peters. If you, like me, find yourself fascinated with this idea of using trance states to grow your personal or your professional life, uh, including hypnosis, psychedelics, breathwork, sexuality, and more, you're in the right place. This week, I talk with Rebecca Windler-Burke. Rebecca is an acupuncturist, an herbalist, and a psychonaut. She shares her journey and how she followed a literal dream to make her transformation. Here we go. Acupuncture and personal transformation with Rebecca Windler-Burke. Welcome to Super States, everyone. And uh, I'm really excited to be here uh, with my guest, Rebecca Windler-Burke. She's a acupuncturist. She's an herbalist. And she's a psychonaut as well. So I just want to inter- uh, welcome you to the show, Rebecca. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, Rebecca, Rebecca and I, and I have known each other for a, a few years now. Uh, but for, just for the audience, Rebecca, why don't you describe uh, what you do? And then how that can transform lives, you know, either for yourself or for others. Sure. Yeah, I am an acupuncturist and an herbalist. And um, with my own personal experience with um, health issues with a lupus diagnosis at age 21, I sought acupuncture in order to mitigate the symptoms. And after a year and a half of weekly treatments, I was asymptomatic. And I was able to sort of piece together the puzzle of how I had gotten so far down the autoimmune crisis through that sort of rabbit hole of toxins and stress and um, this really like sort of mind frame at that time. Um, And so my quest now is to provide people with an avenue um, so that they can better understand sort of their um, rabbit hole of toxins in our environment and food choices and lifestyle sort of changes and how to um, to sort of be the best human we can yeah. on the planet and jive better with each other. And, um, you know, I, I feel strongly that as we focus on ourselves as humans and be the best humans that we can, then we will actually heal the planet. So there's a sort of synchronicity in um, if we focus on our center, our gut, we're ultimately focusing on the health of the planet. So I, I love that. It's like you healing, healing the world one person at a time, right? Yep. <laughs> Why don't you share? So you shared a little bit about kind of how you got to where you are. And of course, this podcast is all about these different states of consciousness and how those can affect people. Uh, so why don't you share a, a transformative experience from your life where some kind of altered state led to uh, a personal growth or some kind of insight? It could have been intentional, could have been unintentional. Sure. Uh, and then what kind of lessons that you learned from that? So um, after I was asymptomatic with lupus, I ventured to New York and um many transformative things happened. Um, but one of them was that I witnessed 9-11 from my rooftop and was uh, unconvinced that the purchasing, or excuse me, that the publishing industry was for me any longer. I um, It did not feel like I wanted yeah. to be in a rat race. Um, and so 
I ended up getting a job at St. Martin's Press. Um, and I just, I was, I, I started to get depressed and lupus symptoms kind of came back and all this stuff. And so um, I was really sort of putting it out there to the universe, like, please help me figure out, should I go back to California? Um, should I stay in New York? Um, should I pursue a modeling profession? I had, you know, people kind of like stopping me on the street and stuff, which was really funny. Anyway, so this one evening I had this dream and in the dream, I was somewhere in like Arizona, somewhere very arid and dry. There was Mm -hmm. sort of tumbleweeds going through my path. And I was just like, I'm in the wilderness. I'm, I'm in desolation. And I was like, I don't even know where to go. And um, from my right, this herd of buffalo came and circled me and I turned into a hummingbird and was perched on the top of the lead buffalo. And, and they were, the whole herd was kind of like, okay, now what, like, which way do we go? Like you're in charge. You're the, you're supposed to be directing this herd. And I still didn't know. And um, off from the same sort of direction, but like towards our left, this huge helicopter dropped a tank. It's like this big machinery tank and it just boom. And that was it. The whole herd just started moving towards the West, towards California. And the next day I decided I was going to return to California. And the most interesting thing is that in that dream, when I arrived in California, in my dream, my head Buffalo turned into a dog. And I took that as sort of embracing or befriend and be loyal to the lessons and the sort of like trials and tribulations that got you there. So um, wow. that was pretty transformative for me. And the, the, the vividness of that particular dream, I think will always stick with me. <laughs> that's, that's really, uh, thank you for sharing that. That's, um, that's really powerful. Dreams are a, a deep uh, way to get into, I guess, your soul. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's, that's a profound dream that you had that was giving you powerful lessons yeah. and kudos for listening to it. I think a lot of times we don't listen to those messages that we have, uh, from the, from dreams. Yeah. Well, and it's um, funny too, because many years later I would have my totem read and I was the hummingbird. I am the hummingbird. Yeah. So <laughs> well, clearly, clearly, <laughs> Yeah. In your view, what is uh, so? You're you're an acupuncturist. You're an herbalist. You're helping people heal by, uh, you know, turning their energy back on. Is the way that I think about that. Anyway, maybe you have a different way of thinking about that. But uh, in your view, what's the most misunderstood aspect about uh, acupuncture? Well, so. It's funny, there's a, a woman on Facebook who had friended me and she um, is part of the Melaleuca wellness um, store and sure. she has been having some joint issues and she posted, you know, what does everybody think about acupuncture? And I didn't respond, I didn't like put any comments and I just kind of read through what other people said about it yeah. and I was shocked to learn that people think that it is occultish, that it is satanic, that, uh, you know, looking at sort of maybe the pentagram from a Christian brainwashed point of view that you might glean that this is the work of the devil. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But it is absolutely not that. And I, I think that one of the biggest challenges is sort of like 
unbrainwashing people from this Christian rhetoric. Um, this is, I believe that acupuncture is truly the course of, of maintenance of health um, that it, it just, you know, religion or whatever way people look at um, sort of antiquated, you know, ideas of religion. Um, acupuncture is not satanic. And in fact, the pentagram is the movement of the five elements and how right. we can right. understand how each element should be behaving in its cyclical transformation from one element to the other. <laughs> so, yeah. <clears throat> That's, uh, well, it's unfortunate and I guess not too surprising. I, I hear the same types of things from, you know, hypnosis as well. Um, what's interesting about the pentagram that I, I just saw this, uh, short video that Disney had put out many, many years ago that, sh that showed all of the sacred geometry to a pentagram. Like a pentagram has been around to show the, it, it's sacred geometry. It's, it is geometry. Like it, mm -hmm. the way that it's put it together, it's, there's something magical about it. And, uh, yeah, it's too bad that there are closed minds that try to, uh, demonize everything that they just don't understand. Right. Well, and also I think I would say that there are some entities right now that are using the pentagram in a way that is somewhat demonic. I mean, there, there is, um, the, the image for the Republican Party, for example, that star has kind of shifted and is now in a different orientation. And um, maybe this is something for a different topic, but um, there, <laughs> there, you know, there are entities that maybe are trying to to hang on to that as a relic of uh, of um, evil. <laughs> for sure. What is the what is a way that we can help the public better understand? the what acupuncture is really all about well um i like to use the metaphor of like spark plugs so if like let's say for example somebody's just depressed and um they can't kind of get their their head out of this rut um focusing on something like the earth element and trying to figure out if, in fact, it is the earth element that is sort of misfiring or if there's a generational component where, you know, fire is not generating the spark for the earth element. Um, acupuncture can go in and make sure that that energy system is fully functional and kind of pull mm. somebody out of the, <laughs> the funk of like overthinking and overthinking and sadness and worry and things like that. Those are all associated with the earth element and the spleen and stomach yin and yang dynamic. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's fascinating to me how these things are all tied together, uh, and how our body reflects those different ideas within our physicality of our body. Mm -hmm. Now, I know when, so I, I've done some acupuncture with you and I know when I'm lying there and the needles are in, I come, I, I kind of go into this trance state. Like it puts me into a trance state. Mm -hmm. um, what are some practical ways that you can think of that people can use a trance state, whether it's with acupuncture or anything else to improve their lives? And is there any specific technique, any kind of approaches that 
you could give for somebody to, to decide how to, to, to begin to do that? Sure. Um, one of the best ways to sort of elicit a trance response is to place your tongue on the tip of your mouth, thus by connecting the ren and the do or the conception and the governing meridian. So that's sort of the microcosmic orbit of yin and yang nature. Um, And then um, with eyes closed, um, ideally, you know, either sitting in something comfortable or lying down, um, looking at the the inside of your eyelids and looking for any type of color. So you can have like a sort of um, purplish color that kind of like morphs into a blackness and is maybe you know, receding or advancing towards you, um, focusing on how that movement is happening behind your eyes, you can influence sort of what what happens next. So like, let's say that purple is transforming into black. Well, in Chinese medicine, that's the kidney element is the purple and the black is the negative chi or like the shei mm-hmm. chi or okay. like the toxicities. And so if you focus on maybe in your mind thinking, well, I want this purple to overcome the black and like get rid of the toxicities and things like that. Sometimes you will also get other colors from the five elements to sort of further that overcoming, <laughs> if you will. Sure. So sure. yeah, it's quite interesting. And I find, I tell my clients at times, you know, if they have the ability to see colors like that, that um, focusing on that through their acupuncture treatment, oftentimes when they come out of the session, those, the, the receding or the advancing will have taken on a completely different pathway or movement. Mm. Um, and it's, it's quite interesting. And I, I think that, um, when you, when you start to nourish that ability over time, I believe that one may able, may be able to better recognize other people's auras. Sure. Um, and, and mm-hmm. what was, so I just, as you were describing that, I tried that and, I noticed all the shapes that I had been looking around at me first. Those were the first things that showed up. And then, and then I noticed the, just kind of the red of my eyelids. Mm -hmm. So it seems like you might have to let yourself sink into that a little bit before Mm -hmm. these, these things kind of fade away and you actually get to what's behind that. Yep. Yes. The, The other thing that occurs to me is, you're you're really heavy into this Chinese um, symbology and method, and so colors mean a certain thing to you, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that is has to be the same way for everybody, right? So somebody may have one color and it might mean something to them, where they might want a different color that means something different to them. It's it's okay if they don't know the Chinese colors sure. and they just let themselves freeform with it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you consider uh, a potential risk or maybe uh, something, uh, an ethical kind of consideration that you would need uh, when you're exploring healing with, with uh, acupuncture, with this herbalism and how can people make sure that they don't, how can they lower those risks? Um, well, first of all, people should absolutely go and see a licensed acupuncturist and not attempt to, you know, get dry needling done or things like that if they're on a quest for 
um, sort of bettering themselves. I mean, sure, you can go to your physical therapist and get dry needling if you have, you know, a musculoskeletal issue. But if, if one is trying to, um, you know, attain a different level of awareness that then I think that going with an acupuncturist who does understand the sort of root of five elements and their mechanisms is, is, is quite important. And also to find someone that resonates with you that can sort of, you know, in, in my mind, when I'm helping someone, my first sort of mantra to myself is I'm going to introduce you to your healing path. I am not going to go down it with you. I'm going to help you navigate that. And then that way there are clear energetic boundaries. And I think that sometimes one can get into a relationship with an acupuncturist or their acupuncturist where um, maybe they expect for the acupuncturist to do more than they are capable of doing. And perhaps the acupuncturist would also be more invested in the client's outcome for their own ego versus like, let's just go down, well, you go down this path and we'll, we'll see where we go instead of, you know, having an expectation about where that path should end up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. And, um, when you think of, when you think of what's upcoming, what's, what do you see as the future of, uh, using these kinds of trance states for personal growth? What, what's, what's exciting you about the future? Oh my gosh. I get all the feels when I think about this. Um, I have, as you know, um, there is a question of native American ancestry in my dad's past, and I have been reading up on elders and what they think is important right now in our planet's evolution. And um, it occurred to me that Native American thinking and traditional Chinese medicine thinking is so uncannily aligned. So um, my excitement about acupuncture and what I said at the beginning of this conversation and how we can, you know, sort of align ourselves to better the planet I believe that there is a root of employing acupuncture for the planet. I haven't yet figured out what that mm. is, um, but I think that um, it's you know not impossible to imagine our Mother Earth needing a good freaking acupuncture treatment right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember um, in my master's program, we had a homeopathic doctor come in and he was talking about all these homeopathic remedies for humans and and the thought occurred to me, well, what, what kind of homeopathic remedy is there for the planet? And, and there were all these snickers and the like from my classmates. And actually the, the homeopathic doctor was like, that's the most interesting question anybody's ever asked me. So I feel yeah. like looking at, looking at our planet, like it is a being in the, the eyes of traditional native thinking in the eyes of, you know, traditional Chinese acupuncturists, there was you know, there's certainly a, a being, an essence um, that we need to revere. And um, Chinese medicine understands very well, um, as does Native American thinking, that the center direction is Mother Earth. Yeah, that's a good reminder. It brings two things to my mind. One is, as, as beings ourselves, we are hosts to millions of organisms mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. it's kind of the same kind of idea right that's that's yep. what the earth is as well yep um 
Yeah. And we're like the sum of all of our parts as the earth is as well. The other thing that occurred to me is we actually have these places. I think of like Stonehenge or uh -huh. the yeah. pyramids or all of these right. sacred places. That's almost like the, the ancient people knew something. I, mm -hmm. I think anyway, the ancient people knew something that our modern scientific brains don't understand. And they were making that, I don't know, putting the needle there. Yeah, the <laughs> obelisks and the like for Washington, Washington, D.C., for example, right? Yeah. yeah on, on ley lines, right? I mean, Correct. certain cities yep. were built on ley lines at, at particular acupoints, right? Yes, which is similar to how our body is laid out yep. in the acupuncture tradition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So what if we all went out and put an obelisk in the, in the acupuncture points on the planet? I think that would just be so cool. I wonder what would happen. <laughs> uh, yeah. Rebecca, how can people learn more about you? If, you know, if somebody's interested in more about what you're doing or, or wants to uh, explore acupuncture with you, how can they learn about you? Yeah, so they can visit my website. It's uh, rwbacupuncture.com. Um, and there's a, a little bit of a bio about my background and sort of my mission statement and my vision. Um, but what's sort of most exciting to me right now is the blog. Um, and so I've been exploring um, what I what I know as the doctrine of signatures. And that is um, a method for humans to be able to understand how to think like a native human, how to look at plants and recognize what their uses are. So for example, um, burdock um, seed is used for sore throat. And if you notice that the seed pod is this burry kind of ball that yeah. kind of looks like a spike protein, well, isn't that interesting? <laughs> So um, yeah, I'm I'm very interested in this concept of doctrine of signatures. Uh, I'm interested as well in exploring um, what we think of as native or invasive species or weeds and things like that. I believe that plants have an intelligent design for why they take over an environment, and uh, sometimes those plants are actually um, to benefit us. Yeah. So. One of the, one of something that I heard recently, I can't recall where I heard this statement, but it really made a lot of, it made a lot of sense, but it's also made me kind of angry. <laughs> and this is the idea that drug companies have shifted how we think about plants mm -hmm. and they've, they've taken, they've created this idea that plants in some cases if you think about like uh psilocybin or marijuana or these plant medicines that can change people's lives amazingly plants are drugs and uh drugs are medicines where it's actually the plants that are the medicines whether mm -hmm. it's the burdock or i mean as simple as mint right? Mint is right. a powerful medicine. But then there's the real powerful ones. There's the, the mind expanding ones, the psychoactive plants as well. And I, I think we've, I think we made a wrong turn. Mm -hmm. Not that there's nothing wrong with creating the medicines, the drugs, I should call them that we do have. But we threw the 
baby out with the bathwater, and that was a mistake. Yes. So now yeah. the problem is you can't patent a plant, right? <laughs> that, that's really what it comes down to in the end. So, yeah. so I love what you're doing. I love the that uh, the the doctrine of signatures that you were describing there. That's very much like homeopathy. I mean, it mm -hmm. is in in many ways homeopathy. That's that's kind of the same idea. Yeah. What is what is one insight that you want the audience to leave with today? Focus on becoming the best you that you can possibly be because that's going to make everything around you in your life better. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely true. I love that. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for, for being here with us today, for sharing your knowledge, your wisdom, and a bit, little bit of your story. I'll make sure to put all of that uh, information in the show notes so that people can easily find your website, uh, can find your, your blog as well. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. If you can hear my voice, that means you stuck around for this entire episode. I thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because that's just the best way that others can learn about this message. It would really mean a lot to me if you did that. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, whether it's on your favorite app or, or platform or, or even YouTube, so you can stay up to date with Superstates. And also, you can always let me know what topics that you'd like or guests that you'd like me to cover in future episodes. You can get in touch with me through the comments, or you can find me on almost all the social medias at Joshua Ray Peters. Don't be shy. I will answer your comment. See you all next week. And remember, you carry the seeds of change inside you. So stay flexible. Keep growing and embrace your transformation.